Hey friends, I'm Christine Chapel, and you're listening to the Hope and Help podcast from IBCD, where we host biblical conversations about life's challenging problems. In this episode, I chat with author and biblical counselor Lauren Whitman about her book, A Painful Past, Healing and Moving Forward. For more help on the topics we discuss today, visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help, where you can access notes from today's episode and browse related resources from our digital library. Before we get started, let me introduce you to our guest. Lauren Whitman is a counselor and faculty member at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, where she has served for a decade. She also serves as the developmental editor of the Journal of Biblical Counseling. And in addition to being the author of A Painful Past, she's written a new book entitled A Biblical Counseling Process, Guidance for the Beginning, Middle, and End, which will release this October with New Growth Press. Lauren, her husband, and their two children make their home in the Philadelphia area. Hey there, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us for the show today. Thanks for having me, Christine. Well, before we get started in our conversation, would you spend a few minutes sharing about why you wanted to write this devotional? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So I wrote this devotional because, I mean, as we all know, nobody can live in this world and not encounter various kinds of sad and grievous effects of the fall. And all of us have a personal and particular story of sin and suffering. But some of us have had such hard events in our past experiences that it can make living well today difficult, and it can make having hope for the future seem pointless. Mm -hmm. The events of the past can just carry so much weight and so much burden that the present and the future still feel oriented and even defined by the past. So these are the kinds of people that are on my heart um, when I wrote this devotional book, and I write to them because I really want them to know God's comfort and to experience the form and the shape uh, that his comfort takes. The people who feel shattered in life, they are on his heart, and he has so much good news for them today, tomorrow, and for the rest of their lives. And though his healing usually isn't instantaneous, he does invite us into a process of healing, and the book guides the reader through aspects of that healing process. And so I wrote the book very intentionally, bringing the reader through a, a process. You know, not everyone will be able to or want to meet with a counselor in person. And so the strength of this devotional series is that you have a counselor who can come to you and who can walk with you through the 31 days. That's such a good point, Lauren. You're right. Because, you know, if you're a listener of the Hope and Help podcast, you know that I have interviewed a number of authors who have written for PNR Publishing's 31 Day Devotionals for Life series. And what a great, I never even thought of it that way. It's like you're bringing the counselor to you by getting these books and walking through the particular issues that they have available in the series. Um, I think that's just a really great reminder. And I do really appreciate too, um, just your overall tone in this book, because, you know, to address something like hope and help for painful past, you know, healing and moving forward is the subtitle for this devotional that is a big topic that could cover a lot of ground but you do it in such a kind compassionate way that also helps to just continue to direct the reader's perspective on onto the lord while not minimizing the pain and i think that's really really important so lauren i guess before we dive more deeply into this conversation can you explain and maybe just even offer kind of a 
I don't know if it's a definition, but just what is the term painful past even encompass? Because I think when some of us may think of painful past, we may look back and say, oh, well, I haven't had some major dramatic trauma or tragedy. And we don't really recognize how maybe we have had things that are even affecting us present day. We just never even took the time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, painful past, as you're saying, it kind of can cast a wide net. Um, so in the introduction of the book, I did, you know, give uh, a number of examples that, that fall into three categories of experience that I have in mind. And that the first is that, you know, for those kind of people who feel a lot of regret about the past, you know, it's choices that they wish they had not made or that they had made. It's lost opportunities. It's dreams that went unaccomplished or failed relationships. So that's kind of some examples of of those who might have regret about the past. Uh, The second category is those who were terribly sinned against by others, Um, you know, people who have been abused or or bullied or harmed um, emotionally or spiritually, who have had someone in their life be unfaithful to them or betrayed. Um, And then the third category is for those whose pain has come because of their own sinful choices. You know, there's there's a, a history of perhaps it's adultery or sexual immorality. There's there's been an addiction or substance abuse. So I did, you know, cast cast a wide net, but I, I, I didn't feel that I needed to, you know, focus on one and not the other, because I do believe just as Christians who have received the good words from God about who Christ is and, and what he's done for us, um, that a lot of those truths and, and what God offers us widely applies. So I didn't feel like I needed to exclude certain experiences. So when we're taking the first steps toward healing and moving forward from the various pains in the past that we have experienced, why is it important then for us to spend time reflecting on who God is and how he relates to us? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think you're referring to the first um, three days in my devotional where I did indeed start out with stories from the gospels that show us Jesus. And I did, I did do that um, on purpose because so much of our healing is related to believing and trusting that Jesus is the one who gets it right about us. And so spending time and taking fresh looks at Jesus and his ministry can really help uh, because it's so easy for misconceptions about who Jesus is to creep into our hearts. But those misconceptions have been influenced by our own sense of shame for our sin or because we feel dirty um, because of the past. And so when we see Jesus as he actually lived and the kinds of people that he moved towards, then it starts giving us hope that he might approach us in that, those same kinds of ways. As I've you know, started to mention, people with a painful past, they often struggle with shame, and it can be hard to believe that Jesus would be willing or wanting to be near us and, and let alone use his power to help us. So seeing Jesus up close in the Gospels can dispel some of those false beliefs. And so that's really why I, I started the devotional, just looking at Jesus, just so we get that kind of fresh take of like, oh, yeah, he is drawn to to really broken people. And he doesn't seem afraid to interact. Uh, take the example of Zacchaeus. You know, he, he calls Zacchaeus by name and, and he goes to Zacchaeus's house. And Zacchaeus is someone who, you know, has a very shameful past and even present at the time when Jesus meets him. And Jesus, he isn't afraid. He doesn't try to just rush past Zacchaeus. 
Um, but he, he stops, he interacts, he relates to him, he spends time with him, and it ends up being just completely transformative to Zacchaeus's life. And and this is this is why Jesus has come. This is what his ministry shows us is that he doesn't want to stand far off because when he comes close, he can change us. You write in the book, quote, as we begin to consider details of your painful past, I want to offer a biblical way to think about what we are doing. The journey we are taking is a journey of lament. Can you explain what you meant by that statement? So a painful past, understandably, um, carries grief and anguish with it. And these are understandable emotions to have and they're understandable emotions to express. But what the language of lament highlights is that we are Christians who are grieved and anguished. And that makes a difference for what the expression um, looks like when we when we have these hard emotions. And that what I mean by that is we want to bring our hearts and our emotions and our questions to the Lord. Think about, for example, Psalm 10. The, the psalmist's opening words are, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And these are questions that reflect a lot of heartache, but he speaks them to the Lord. He's relational. And that's because we have someone to go to with these things. And we don't want to leave our God out of it because he is a refuge and he is a safe place for us amidst our pain. And a journey of lament will eventually get there. It gets to remembering who God is and it finds refuge in what God's promises are. You know, Christians, we, we're an adopted people. We are children. We have a father who has spoken to us, who has provided his comfort to us. And while we absolutely do have space to speak our hearts honestly to the Lord, even when we're raw and un unfiltered and we're questioning, we also want to let our father lead us to the places of comfort that he has for us. And we want to rest in the rest that he provides. So that's what I'm trying to capture um, with the language of a journey of lament. I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before because I have interviewed pastor and author Mark Brogup on his book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, and it was talking about the grace of lament. And I love how he puts it, which is, you know, basically what you're saying here, too, is that lament is a is a prayer and pain that leads to trust. Right. Yeah. We don't just get stuck in the pain part, even though right. that part is incredibly terrible. But, you know, it is meant as a, a means of grace to then push us toward God and a deeper trust in him, even when we can't understand, um, which mm -hmm. is often, right? So I appreciate that you, right near the beginning of the book, you you lay that out as a foundation for this is the kind of language we're going to be using is the biblical language of lament. And this is actually a means that God gives to us so that we can make those steps toward healing and moving forward from the pains in our past. Now, why is it important even to take the time to sift through the details of the past and, and what has happened? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, right, to remember what happened. And so it's not exactly, you know, like a fun, like, yeah, let's do this. But as difficult as it is to remember what happened in our lives, the fact that it happened to you means that God cares about it. It matters to him what we've been through. And as much as it hurts, it matters to you, too, because this is your life and these are your experiences and these things matter. So that's the first reason that we sift through details, because they matter and they happened. Mm -hmm. The second reason is that even though it would be nice if we could just forget about the past, uh, it doesn't work that way. You know, we're not robots. We're people. And when we've lived through hard events, we are impacted by them. But a lot of times we don't know how we're impacted. So the pain doesn't just tend to go away on its own, right? Like we are shaped by our experiences. That's how God made us. He made us to be impacted by the things that uh, happen in our lives. And so 
as we make the choice to sift through those details, we can grow in our understanding of how we've been impacted and how we've been shaped by the things uh, that have happened in our past. And that then sets the stage to consider more knowledgeably what healing looks like for you, given the particulars. So that's the second reason that I'd say it is very much worth sifting through the, the details, even though I certainly acknowledge that it can be, it can be hard and it can be painful to go there. Well, how then, Lauren, do you counsel people who are really wrestling with the question? Like, I was just thinking as you were talking, people oftentimes have the question or they make a statement like, if God is good, then mm-hmm. why did this happen? You know, if God cares, then why on earth did he allow this, you know, terrible suffering to take place in my life? And, you know, that is, I we've talked about it on the show before in other contexts, but this is a really difficult, heartbreaking kind of question um, yeah. to walk people through and, and sometimes just to sit with them and, and ask those questions with them in terms of, yeah, you know, we have these why questions and what do we do with them? And so how do you counsel people who are working through maybe just the beginning even stages of taking a look at the painful past, taking a look of how they responded in those moments in the past, and then wrestling with the question, where was God when this was happening? Right, yeah. Yeah, usually when someone is still in the beginning of a journey of healing, as you're saying, you know, this these questions are, are very normal and, and even expected to a degree. Um, and they are usually asked with distrust, you know, where were you, God? How could you let this happen to me? Uh, so if a person is in that place, I do, as you're saying, want to let those unfiltered questions come out because I realize where they're coming from. They're coming from a place of pain and confusion. I think as a counselor, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, it can be uncomfortable for me to hear people question God's goodness. But my worry is that if I don't make space for someone to do that, if I try to kind of shut down that kind of line of questioning, then they might not want to keep opening up with me. And more than that, we can understand, you know, this question. The, the problem of evil is a real problem. And saints throughout church history have wrestled with this question. And it is hard. So we can understand easily how people have those questions. So we make room for the questions. We sympathize with where they are coming from. But as we're working with people, we're also going to start to move towards what we do know for sure. You know, we don't know why God would let this happen. We don't know why God didn't stop this person from, you know, shipwrecking their life with poor choices. But what do we know? We know God. We know his character. We know what he's like. We know what he's done for us in Christ. We know what he's promised us. And so we start to dwell on these kinds of things that we can know for sure. And these kinds of things build our trust in God. And then it's also a realization that that God was there. You know, he was there when whatever happened, happened. God was there. He sees, he knows. And more than that, to use Psalm 23 language, he was walking with us through that valley of the shadow of death. He didn't leave you. He didn't forsake you. Because we know his character, we know that. He wouldn't abandon us in those low moments that are in our past, and he didn't abandon us. And so God being there can actually start to become precious because it's a a realization that I wasn't alone in that. And I didn't go through that without God. He really gets what this was like for me because he was there. He really cares about how it's impacted me because he knows the details. And so it's journeying with people to it becoming a comfort that God was there and to realizing what a friend we have in Jesus because he's always been with me through the valleys and on the mountaintops. 
I just finished reading a book by Elizabeth Elliot called Suffering mm -hmm. is Never for Nothing. And I think uh -huh. it fits just so well into what you were talking about. And Elizabeth talks about how there are, you know, there's there's two realities, right? There's terrible truths. You know, mm -hmm. there are terrible things yeah. in this world that we have to contend with and that have effects on our lives. And, and those are real. That pain mm -hmm. is real. The consequences are real. The suffering is real. And we don't downplay that. But yeah. at the same time, it's like we hold them in two hands. So like in one hand, we have these terrible truths of the world we live in and how fallen and, and there's evil and it's broken. But then mm -hmm. we have, on the other hand, like the wonderful facts, right? The wonderful facts that give us the perspective we need to even persevere and endure and like you say, heal and move forward when the terrible truths kind of attack us or, or come at us in our lives. And the wonderful facts are that we are members of another world, like another kingdom in Christ, right? Okay. And there's that, that redemptive perspective of hope that the wonderful facts that we receive in the gospel are just as true as the terrible truths. Yeah, in my uh, CCF conference talk last year, I, I used the illustration of like a weight, um, which was kind of playing off the verse about, you know, our present sufferings won't um, be comparable to the glories that will come. And so, you know, the, the image is that a painful past feels so heavy, right? It's like you're carrying these burdens. And that's where like that phrase that we use, you know, so often, like I have baggage, you know, like people say I have baggage from the past. And what does that, what does that get to? It's the fact that we're carrying something really heavy because of what we've been through. And so, you know, people who have a painful past who have, who have had trouble moving forward, it just feels like everything in life is still weighted towards the past. The past just has all all the weight in their life. But what, what God does, and because of what God has done for us in Christ is, you know, he puts something else on the scale, right? It's not just, it's not just the past and, and these, these present day realities and our, our future promises that we're going to be, you know, walking into as we continue walking with the Lord, like those are going to outweigh the past. And there is this balancing that, that God does when he's in our life so that the past starts to feel um, not so heavy. But as you're saying, you know, the terrible truths, the painful past it is on the scale it does have weight but it's not the only thing on the scale and God is balancing it out what are some biblical encouragements that you would offer to someone who you know you're working you're helping them to work through elements of their painful past and they get to a point where they tell you you know what if the past repeats itself? Like I'm, I, this was so awful to go through that yeah. I'm terrified. I'm going to have to go through something like that again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. First I demonstrate God's compassion for that question. I mean, if you've lived through something really painful, it's natural to wonder and to even be afraid that it might happen again. Um, and so that fear, it's a way of saying, I don't want this to happen again. And, and of course you don't. So I'd validate the question and I normalize it. Uh, second, I'd point out ways that the person has experienced God, God's help and his healing already. You know, he shows up for us. And what are those specific ways he showed up for this person? Because remembering them can help build the person's faith and trust in the one who will be there for them if the past does repeat itself in some way. Mm -hmm. And third, along similar lines, I'd point out ways and think through together the resources that this person has that God has provided that would help them face and respond um, to, to a, a future painful event. Because if you've, if you've worked already through your painful events and then something happens again at a future point, 
then you're not in the same place that you were the first time. And so what has this person learned and how have they grown and what do they know now to do? So I build confidence that because God helped the first time, you now have the benefit of learned wisdom if it happens again. Maybe last, you know, depending on the person, maybe I'd also gently remind them that you know, we don't know the future and it's not helpful for our hearts to get stuck in thinking about hypotheticals. And so how can we work on having boundaries in our thoughts so we don't get caught up in these unknowns? And and how can we instead take that moment of fear and and relate to the Lord and say, I don't want this to happen again. I'm scared this is going to happen again. Help me to trust you with my future, God. Yeah, it reminds me of the psalm, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you and I can just from my own personal experience, I think that just that one sentence in the psalm, um, I have the spirit has used to minister to me so many times. Now, you also write, quote, one essential aspect of healing and moving forward is to put the emphasis on the right person. And by that right person, you mean the Lord. So mm-hmm. so what does that even look like practically and how does that help us think biblically about our past? Yeah, sure. So as you're saying, the right person is definitely Jesus. And that's because when you are a Christian, your life story isn't just the story of your life and what has happened, because God brings your life into the story of Christ and his story becomes your story. And because it does, you can't tell your story the same way anymore. And Jesus's story sets the trajectory for where you're going. Um, I'm alluding here to the doctrine of of being in Christ. And because we are now in Christ, we are sharing in all the, the benefits and the blessings and the promises that God has given to his beloved son who was faithful and who earned those benefits and blessing. And in God's generosity, Christ then shared his his rightful inheritance that he earned. He shared it with us and it's become ours. And with all these spiritual realities at work now in our lives, We wouldn't be living true to what Christ has done, is doing, and will do in our lives if we think or believe that we only have ourselves to look to, what we've done, what we can do uh, to make sense of our lives. And and a life of faith, it means we are willing to submit our lives, our understanding of God and our understanding of ourselves to what God says is true. And this is just really good news for those of us with a painful past because God has intervened and our story isn't just the story of the past. It's the story of Jesus his past, his faithfulness to the Father, his his sacrificial dying, his rising and ascending, his interceding now. That is our true story when we are in Christ. And so that is what we want to emphasize, not not our own past failures or past wounds and, and pain. I really, again, want to just emphasize, um, or I guess I should say reiterate to the listener, that this devotional walks the reader so well through everything that you're talking about in this conversation and even more. But I think too, there's value in working with other, you know, brothers or sisters in Christ, a mentor, a pastor, even a counselor, as you're navigating some of the pains of the past and and trying to move toward healing and having a biblical perspective about what has happened. So in your experience, at what point do you think that we should consider sharing the experiences of our painful past with someone else who can then even walk alongside with us as we are navigating the healing process. 
Let me answer that question in, in two parts. Um, first, I'll, I'll go with the mentor and loved one category. So with, with those kinds of people, my hope would be that if you have you know, someone that you trust, someone that is trustworthy to hear sensitive details, that you would share with them right away at any point that, that you're ready. But if you notice that you are hesitant, that you do have a trustworthy person in your life, um, but you're still hesitant to share, then I'd ask you to ask yourself, why are you hesitant? Um, and a lot of times it will be because of shame. Uh, it's vulnerable to share hard things. And, and yet when you trust your story of the past to trustworthy people, then my, my hope, my expectation would be that those people would cover your shame, that they'd hear the details and they're still going to love you. They're still going to accept you. And that experience of being known and, and accepted covers our shame and it's healing. So I'd encourage people uh, to do so if they have someone already in their life that is trustworthy. The second part of that question is, is a question that gets more to when do I see a counselor? I'd say if you don't have a trusted person or loved one in your life that you can share your story with um, or who you can process your past with, then that would be a good occasion to seek out a counselor so that you can have a safe space to talk about what happened and explore how you've been impacted. For others, maybe you have shared already and, and your loved ones, your mentors do know your story, but maybe at, at, at this point your healing feels stagnated. Um, and you're not sure how to press into further healing and feel stuck. So that too could be a, a good time to see a counselor. And I do provide that kind of that kind of advice too in the devotional. And one thing that could help too, you know, the thought for a lot of people of seeing a counselor can be hard. Um, and and so one thing that could help kind of ease into the conversation would even be, you know, taking the this devotional book with you. You know, the book's been out a few months now, and I'm starting to hear from, from some colleagues and other counselors that they are using the book in counseling because each day comes with reflection questions and action steps, and these can work really well as jumping off points for counseling conversations. So the devotional could even be a way to help get, you know, conversations going. Well, we can't know much about God's redemptive purposes in and through the pains of our past. Like right, you said, you know, there are a lot of things we can't know, but then there are some things that we can know. And one mm -hmm. of those things that we can know, uh, the scriptures tell us about how God may redeem these experiences for the benefits of others who are walking through similar trials. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as Christians, you know, God brings us into a family and we're a diverse family with diverse needs. Right. And God, he just might use the things that he taught you to benefit other family members. So Second Corinthians one says that God comforts us so that we might comfort others. What this tells us is that God intends for his children to give away that which they have received from him. And doing so is part of being a family member. If you've received God's comfort in particular ways for your particular wounds, then that experience of comfort can multiply. It's a way that you can serve your family members. You bless them, you build them up, you impart uh, your hard-won wisdom. All right, Lauren, well, we are at the end of our time today, but I do want to ask you something that I ask every guest of the Hope and Help podcast to do, which is to speak directly to the audience. Now, there may be someone listening to this podcast who lives with the pain of regret or the lingering effects of sins that have been committed against them. Now, what mm -hmm. would you say to this person to encourage them that there is hope for healing and moving forward in Christ. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to go back to what I was starting um, to talk about earlier, and that's that you are in Christ, and his story has become yours. And because it has, there's a certain inevitability now to your story, and that is it's going to end well. Your story ends well. You know, it might have started out poorly, and it might have gone really poorly, but the end is good. It's gloriously good. And the full weight of that glory, it's not yet in your experience. And that is hard and it is suffering. But because you are in Christ, there is a certain trajectory to your story because there's someone else in your story who loves you, who has compassion on you, who died for you, who rose for you, who is today, right now, interceding for you. So you can hope in him. He is your hope. And might that reality then give you the reason to respond to him by taking up the next steps of healing because you believe and you trust that he's for you and for your healing and for your flourishing. You know, as we've said, um, healing can be hard. It can be painful to stir up those memories. But when we know how the story ends, it gives us confidence that we have nothing to fear and every reason to trust the one who is faithful. Those are really good words of encouragement. I love how you use the word trajectory. Um, I think that is this helps us to give a perspective that even though we have ups and downs, overall we're trending upward still, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the trajectory is is curved upward, even though there's lots of uh, little zigzags on on that line. Well, I would love to give the listener an opportunity to connect with you if they're interested in learning more about your ministry and other resources that you have. Where can they find you online? Yeah, my husband has made me um, a little website. So you could go to laurenwhitman.info. Uh, and he has put up there just links to the CCF website where I work at links to um, different journal articles that I've written for the Journal of Biblical Counseling. Uh, and there's also a link to the devotional there. So that would be the place to go, laurenwhitman.info. Awesome. If you'd like to check out Lauren's website and also the devotional that we've been talking about today, A Painful Past, Healing and Moving Forward, you can scroll down to the show notes, click the link in the description, and that will take you to a page on IBCD's website where you can access all of that information. Lauren, I am just so thrilled to have had the chance to talk to you today about this topic. It's been so helpful to me to work through the devotional and, and read what you've written. And I really hope that today's conversation has been helpful to the listeners as well. Oh, thank you so much. That's so encouraging. And I'm so thankful to have, um, yeah, just gotten the chance to meet with you and appreciate your ministry here through the podcast. So thank you so much for having me, Christine. Before we let you go, I'd like to remind you to visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help. There you can check out the show notes from today's episode. If you enjoyed today's conversation, why not subscribe to the podcast? That way you'll be notified when new weekly episodes release. Also, please don't keep the Hope and Help podcast a secret. If you know someone who could be encouraged by listening to this episode, please do them a favor by sharing it. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Be sure to join us next time on the Hope and Help podcast.